Hey everybody, what's up? Sagi here. And before you listen to this episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Hacking UI podcast, while we still have a lot of downloads for our podcast, is a legacy podcast, meaning David and I are not recording any more sessions for the specific podcast. So what you can do right now is, first of all, listen to this episode, and second, know that you can find David on thoughtleaders.io, that's his new business, or you can check out my new podcast, which is called The Creativepreneur Show. And you can just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or creativepreneur.show. So those are the two domains that you would be able to find my show, my new blog, my new community. And I hope uh, to see you there. Also, be sure to follow David Tintner and Sagi Schreiber on Instagram. We're both on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube. So you can check out the YouTube channel if you want to check out YouTube. Enough with my talking. Oh, my God. So anyways, I hope you guys, though, connect with me and David on the different platforms after this episode. All right. Make sure to do so because we have so much new content for you. And enjoy, guys. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hackers. Thanks a lot for joining us for another episode of the Hacking UI podcast, where we hack our way through design, development, and entrepreneurship. I'm Sagi Schreiber. And I'm David Tintner. We're your hosts, and today we're going to let you in on some of our own personal discussions about Hacking UI. Yeah, in this discussion, we'll describe some of our methods to consume massive content, and we'll give our recommendations for our favorite books and podcasts. Oh, and we'll also talk about what we learned through the first week of the Side Project Accelerator. We'll also share some of the tools we used and the tips we got along the way from our friends and mentors. But just before we begin, we have some exciting news for you. We're actually in San Francisco right now, and we'll be hosting two meetups this week. On Wednesday, that's August 24th, and on Thursday, which is August 25th. Our first meetup will be a micro-workshop to start off your personal brand. The stuff we'll talk about is taken from our side project accelerator. This will be a part lecture, part hands-on experience, in which we'll discuss our philosophy of audience-driven product development, the giver versus taker theory, and the techniques we use to create our content on Hacking UI. This session will be interactive, and by the end of the night, you'll be on your way and have the tools to publish your first article and build your personal brand as a side project. Yeah, and the second meetup is about scanning a design team. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably would want to be there. We're going to go into all the insights that we've learned from interviewing the world's top design leaders and also talk about what worked for us with our team in SimilarWeb. Yeah, and all the details and links to RSVP can be found in the show notes or just simply visit HackingUI.com for details. And now on to the show. Sigi? All right, let's get hacking. Okay, so Sigi, what's up? How are you doing? Oh, goody. How are you doing? <laughs> We're like a month into working on Hacking UI full-time, and it's pretty cool, right? What would you say? Yeah, it's a, it was a crazy month, and we... We've done a lot of work, and yeah, I can't wait to start talking about that with our audience. Definitely. Definitely been a month of changes, crazy month, like you said, busy all the time, a lot of new shit going on. Why don't you tell everyone what we're up to lately, what we've been working on most? All right, so I guess this past month has been all about the Side Project Accelerator, and if you're hearing this, you probably got our emails, and so you probably know that we're doing this, and we just launched the Side Project Accelerator. The first lesson came out uh, two days ago, and uh, we're totally psyched about it. We got 15 people in this batch, and so far, it seems great. Everybody's on board, everybody's engaged, and we learned so much, and I think that's what we want to share with everyone, right? Definitely, you know, the first thing that we both said to each other when we were able to leave similar web and work on Hacking UI full-time is we said, wow, we want to help other people do this too. So that's what we're doing now, right? I mean, we're, we literally, the very first thing, we had ideas for other products and other things we wanted to build, and we said no. Like, both of us <laughs> immediately agreed. The first thing we're doing is we want to help other people uh, learn how to do this too. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, that, that's what we want to do. We want to help other people uh, do this too. And let me switch this back to you, Dee. What do you think about us? now talking about you know doing this kind of uh, going down the entrepreneurship road and talking less about design and development it's an interesting point i mean it's um you know we are hacking ui it's even in the name we started hacking ui because we're a blog for talking about designers developers the experience between them the relationship between them how to improve that and but i think what we found and why we want to start talking about entrepreneurship so much now is something pretty natural to all designers and developers whether you're working in a large company or you're freelancing, there comes a point where you're you're a creator of digital products. And 
I know I felt it. I know you felt it. And I know that a lot of the members of Side Project Accelerator obviously felt it the same way. But you're creating digital products. You're making them for other people. And eventually you say, wait, I want either complete control over the creative process or I want to benefit financially from the thing that I'm creating. I want to create things and see them get in the hands of users and I want to be rewarded for that. How do I get rewarded for, for what I've built? So it's kind of the natural progression, I think, for creators of digital products to start thinking about this, how they can be rewarded, how they can reap the financial benefits. And that's kind of where exactly how we got to this path and how we started talking about entrepreneurship. Yeah, and actually, it totally relates to an interview I had with Itai Adam. Uh, it was for my Hebrew podcast. So, so everyone, if you're not Hebrew speakers, but if you are, you can check out my Hebrew podcast. Uh, it's called Tiuli Makelev. And so he was talking about the storytellers being the people that are actually making the product. And, you know, once you are the maker, the doer, the one that writes code or designs and thinks about the product and the storytelling part. So... I guess, yeah, you're creating digital products. You're actually crafting them yourself with your own two hands. And there comes a time where you just want to do it yourself. Now, we came through a different kind of route because we had the blog. And we developed an audience and we started launching mini products into that crowd. So what do you think maybe the products that we have going on in the future, what do you think about that? When are we going to see products from ourselves coming out? Well, the Side Project Accelerator very much is a product. It's definitely it's our first product that we're flat out selling to end users, if you will. Now, it's not a digital product in the sense of like uh, something that's completely automatic where users sign up. We do have those on, on deck and we have those lined up and we want to go that direction. And again, like we just were both so drawn into Side Project Accelerator and helping other people to follow the, the dreams and complete the dreams of their own side projects that this was like the first thing that we chose to do. But... We have digital products lined up and that we definitely want to build them in the future. And I think that, again, this is just what happens to designers and developers. I don't see any way that you're working on these products for so long that you don't want to be the one who's, like you said, the, the, the storyteller of the product, the creator, the, the crafter of this product, and also t and take it the whole way. And that's what this is about. It's like from start to finish, taking it from the idea, the conception, the design, the development. But it doesn't end there. It, you have to then, okay, iterate with users. And again, it doesn't even end there. Then you have to market it and you have to get it to users. And then you have to collect money for this so that you can keep going and doing it again. So I think that's what this is all about. And I think that's why we're talking about, we're interested in sharing what we do now. So we're interested right now in just that, in funding and finding ways to make money to continue building and creating the things that we love to do. So for us, it was just totally natural progression. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I think actually another point that people can relate to is also a natural kind of thing is like the passive income part. Because through a blog, we discovered what passive income actually is. You work and you build something and it makes you money while you're just in your full-time day job. So in the Hacking UI case, it was commercials and ads. And that's what got us to a point where we could actually leave our day jobs. And this passive income thing is something very interesting, which I guess you and I are willing to explore now, really want to explore and stretch the limits of it in order for us to have also a better lifestyle. Definitely. And I think actually it's important to talk about what that really means, or at least how I see passive income. And I think how you see it too. Tell me what you think on this, but passive income as we see it, does not mean that we're like um, making money and not working. Actually, in fact, I think we're working harder than we've ever worked before, we're working our asses off here. But how I see passive income is we have several different channels right now that, that make us money, that we take in revenue through. And as we get a new channel, we kind of optimize it, improve it, set up a better process, automate things. And this is what we do with the newsletter. And we got it to a point that the newsletter we can work on it, we can get the content and do it fairly quickly. And it makes money each week, even if one of us, you know, if you go on vacation next week, newsletter will go on. If I'm out on vacation, when I'm in Burning Man, the newsletter will go on. So this is passive income. It doesn't mean that we don't have, we don't work or we don't, you know, work hard, but it means that we've set up a channel of revenue that is basically is very automated, easy to maintain, and the income will become, keep coming in next week. And now what we want to do is, is set up more and more of these channels. 
Okay, so let's give something out to the to the people that are hearing this. What channels do we have going on right now at the moment? And after that, I think a great example would be to give how we worked on the first lesson for the side project accelerator, because that's like setting up a channel. We worked our asses off, like you said, like we worked our asses off for the past couple of days. So I, I want to get into that. But just before that, what channels do we have going on today in Hacking UI? Okay, so let's start from the beginning, right? Our first thing that we did was the blog and almost immediately after was the weekly newsletter. Now, we always use the blog not for the sake of making money. We looked at the blog as just kind of like where we can pour out our thoughts and more for building an audience and collecting emails and the newsletter we used for making money. So the newsletter, let's say, is our first channel, right? The newsletter at the beginning took us, you know, probably like uh, 15 hours of work a week to put together a single issue, maybe even more between both of us. And now it's down to something like uh, three hours or so per week that we can get out an issue and it's making more money. So this is our first channel. I would say that this is the most stable, most optimized channel that is now completely passive. Yes. And also just to say now, like, how do we make it now like three hours? Now it involves a super complicated script for Google Docs. It involves a Chrome extension. It involves a digital app, you know, the thought leaders, which we can get links through. And it involves a VA. Yeah. a virtual assistant that works for us and 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 she's amazing and yeah i'm kind of lying when i say it's three hours i mean three hours for us she's also working her ass off on this thing and it's taking way more than that but yeah we've set up the system that for the two of us it's down to that because of the things that we built and we've automated and we've hired so that's our first channel our second channel that we've started recently and you're all listening to is the podcast podcast we sell ads in the podcast and this isn't as kind of like a revenue stream that's starting to come in nicely, but I think it's definitely not as stable as the newsletter. And I say that because we're still working on exactly getting it into our routine, right? We want to be at the point where we have a weekly podcast where ads are lined up for the next, you know, four months ahead of time and the show's coming out every week, recorded correctly, edited correctly. We're getting there, right? Like we have, um, uh, you'll see on uh, Facebook soon, we're uploading a picture of our the new studio we're recording in, which is awesome with great new equipment. And these like uh, soundproof walls, so we're getting there. We've up to the the equipment. We got the good mics. We've got an editor in place, but it's still not completely optimized. And also, the way we're selling ads is we're selling ads, but it's not. We're at the point right now where ads are sold like maybe two, three, four weeks in advance. Where we'd like it to be like the newsletter, where they're sold four months in advance. So the quick tip for anyone who wants to start their own podcast, like really quick tip, do it. Just do it. Seriously, this is the the most important thing I think I've learned with working with you, Sigi, is that you have to do it the first time, except that the first time you do anything is going to be complete, complete garbage. And this is something that was really hard for me to, to accept. I remember when you first came to me and you said, I want to do a podcast. I was like, come on, Sigi, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that. We don't, who cares about a stupid podcast? We can't, no, we're not starting a podcast now. He said, I don't care. I want to do a podcast. Like a little kid, you're like a little kid. I got to do a podcast now. I'm like, Okay, goddammit, Siggy. <laughs> Fine, we'll do a podcast. And we started the podcast, and the first episode, I remember with Billy Kylie, I'm like, Siggy, we didn't research enough. We didn't get back into his history. We didn't know. You're like, it's okay, man. He's on the show. Like, we got it. We'll interview him. I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm coming from the, you know, the journalism background of, of wanting to like prepare for an interview like two weeks in advance and know everything about this guy and everything. And you're like, dude, it's fine. Like, don't worry. Like, <laughs> so we do the interview and okay, it, it ended up being a, actually, I, I think a decent first episode, tons of room for improvement, but it, it was actually way better than I expected. But the point is my tip for anyone who wants to start a podcast or wants to start anything for that matter is just do it, take the Sigi approach and you'll improve it and make it better in the future. Thank you, D. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, one of the things, like our first episode with Billy Kelly, it, it was even before I had my uh, Hebrew podcast. That was like our first podcast episode ever. And yeah, um, so this episode we recorded with our regular earphones from their iPhone yeah. connected to Skype. We really quickly just found out how to record Skype calls. It's like the Skype call recorder. I emailed Billy Kylie because I knew him like uh, not fairly well, but you know, good enough to send an email out. And then when we started the call, I said, okay, how are we going to record this? Okay, Audacity. So a free app called Audacity. That was like, I think also like 10 minutes before the call. 
no, how are we going to edit it, Audacity? And then editing it in Audacity, I did that the first time. That's, I didn't know Audacity, so I just got into like a few YouTube tutorials and learned Audacity. So the first episode is edited poorly in a way, you know. But I was like, okay, and I see most podcasts need a, need a sound at the beginning, like a music intro. So I just got quickly into Audio Jungle and bought like a $5 uh, sound. Uh, and that was actually pretty good. Okay, sound, you know. So, yeah, we need to, like, it's a great tip you gave out. Just fucking do it. And if you have an idea for something, just do it. And it's okay if it's with lousy equipment. You don't need all the high gear. We bought the, these great microphones only, like, I think, I don't know, three episodes in or something like that. So, it's okay. And I want to say, again, like, I know it sounds super cliche. You know, when we were living in San Francisco, you heard it nonstop from everyone in the startup world. It's like, just, you know, just ship, like, build the, what's the Facebook slogan? Like, uh, build fast and break stuff or yeah, something like that. Move fast and break stuff. It sounds super cliche. So I'm, I'm not coming at it from that. I heard the cliches before, and I know everyone talks to this, and this is, you know, agile, go quickly, okay? Yeah, it's like burnt into your brain in the startup world. But that's not what I'm talking about. You truly actually like operate in this way and that's something that i'm i'm learning how to do and i think i also try to bring the balance to it because sometimes this way <laughs> is a bit dangerous <laughs> especially when you're trying to run a business but uh i really respect that and i've learned a lot from that kind of mindset so back to uh the revenue channels that we have so we talked about the podcast that's like kind of our our second one that's coming in right now one thing that we, we decided to do, which was kind of like a, a progression from the newsletter, was add the resources page to the Hacking UI. And this is cool. The resources page, I think, is really useful. What we do is we take some of our best links, things that we shared in the newsletter, but the newsletter is, is, is kind of like, uh, it goes out that week in an email, and that's it. After that, it's done. So uh, we take the best links for things that are actual resources that are not timely, that are you know you can come back to and use, and we round them up, put them on the website in the resources page, and we're improving that constantly. And now we're selling like a, a few ad spots in the resources page, which this became a nice resource, uh, nice revenue channel as well. And we've also started adding events, which we're selling a few event spots. Uh, we're also including the best events that we find. And then every once in a while, we get an event ad sale too. So this has been good. Okay, so we mentioned the resources, we mentioned the newsletter, we mentioned the podcast. What else do we have? Okay, so our latest, let's say, channel that we're building, and this is, this is like a... One of the first things that I think that we, it is the first thing that we've done that's been like very thought out, calculated to, for our standards, that is for other people know, and that's uh, the side project accelerator, right? So tell me, Siggy, going back to how I talked about your madman method of like just doing stuff, right? I want to ask you about the first lesson for the side project accelerator, okay? Tell me what you was going through your head when we had to record that first lesson and get that going. Wow. So I want to say, one thing, like, you know, Grant Cardone in his book, The 10X Rule, says successful people just commit to things first and then carrying them out. And he says, he says, just fucking commit to it, man. Use that opportunity. Do not even try to play this off as like you just came up with that philosophy now, Siggy. You've been doing this for years. You, you can't just just because you bring in like some successful author or some well-known book and pretend like he said it. No, 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 Siggy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm, when he said it, it made total sense with me. But if anybody would have asked me. So the first lesson went out this Monday. Monday evening, the first lesson went out. And we started working on the lesson. So we had the syllabus ready. So we knew what the lesson is going to be about. But if you ask me on Tuesday night, Sagi, how are you going to carry out that lesson? I would have said, I think video. <laughs> no, you mean from the very technical aspect. Like we knew we were going to record a video, but you mean camera, editing, software, what was going to be inside of it, right? Like yeah, Totally. We had no idea how to record a video. We never recorded any video. We have no experience with that. We have no vlog or anything like that. And we, I mean, I haven't touched a video editing software for like five years. And we have no idea how to, we're, we didn't even know where to host it. Like, should we do it on YouTube somehow or Wistia or Vimeo or, or and, and also, you know, building the backend for this kind of stuff. I mean, we're going to have members, they will need access to the videos, they're paid members, are we going to do that? So I'll just tell the story, okay? So <laughs> we didn't know that and we didn't plan ahead. And because it's not, not, we tried to plan ahead, but we have so much going on. We worked our asses off so, so bad that when we got to Wednesday, we had kind of like pretty much the outline of the lesson. 
but we didn't have the whole lesson lesson written down. We had slides. You you started Google Slides, right? So with Google Slides, you put in some slides, and I didn't even touch it yet. And on Wednesday morning, I call up my uh, our friend Ran Ran Segal, who has an amazing uh, video blog on YouTube called Flux. You have to check it out. If you're a designer, you will love that really. So thanks a lot, Ran. And I called I called Ran and like Ran, listen, what do you use? What camera do you use for your <laughs> for your video blog? And and how do you how do you shoot? <laughs> what else do you need besides the camera? <laughs> and so he was like he was laughing at me at first, but then he gave me all these great tips. It's it's like the most condescending you know thing you could ask someone. It's like <laughs> like coming up to a developer and being like, oh yeah, all that code stuff you're writing, right? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of letters, right? You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I knew if we recorded the first lesson, it might suck, but I wanted to do it as professional as possible. So I knew we were going to be serious about this and we have more episodes we already committed to carrying out. So I said, oh, we might as well buy this in camera and set up a nice place. I already kind of knew it's going to be in your house, although you didn't know it. <laughs> and you tried to convince me a few times to, to go to other places to record. But I said, no, no, your house is good enough. Your apartment's cool. So Ron gave me an, like a great camera, but turns out they don't sell it anymore because they stopped manufacturing it. <laughs> so I had to go to the store and and then I like I, I just said, okay, fuck it, I'm going to I did some research online couldn't find anything and then while you said at the same coffee shop we started in the morning with you wrote your part of the lesson and I just went to the store to the camera store in Tel Aviv and I just you know asked the the person you know in the counter like listen so I need a camera kind of like this camera and I gave the model that Ron gave me and he said oh okay so this one yeah we don't manufacture anymore people don't manufacture this so uh, here's something that you might use here's a few that are kind of like similar and then I took the one that I thought was most the two that were most uh, kind of like I thought you know relevant so I called Ron again <laughs> interrupted him in the middle of the day I'm like uh, Ron you hear like you know your camera they don't manufacture it anymore so do you know of any other cameras and then he gave me he told me yeah word up in the video blogging world that this camera is cool and I'm like oh great so that's exactly one of the one of the few that I chose as relevant so I said okay I'm taking this one Ron what else do I need so I said a tripod you know this and that and I, I took his advice and I bought whatever I could that is relevant from his advice Okay, so we got the camera. I remember you rushing back like Wednesday with the camera in hand. And then uh, how did we tell everyone how we went about recording and setting up oh. and editing also? Yeah, so about recording <laughs> the lesson itself, I was like, are we going to do this like we're talking and standing up or is it going to be a screencast or what software are I going to use? So I, did, I consulted with Ran about <laughs> this as well. And I also called up our friend uh, Leo Frankel, who's also a mentor in the Sci Project Accelerator. Like this guy is also, uh, Ran and Leo kind of work together, but like Leo is totally has his own thing going as well. He's got a new video blog. He's got an amazing podcast and he's got a, great blog in Hebrew uh, for the moment and he's also like Ran and Leo uh, run the new school for freelancers to tell them how to run their business so Leo told me that the best thing would probably be for us to use a decent camera and just record ourselves and then put slides on top of it and he said like you can make the slides and sketch it would be best and just like put some slides while your guys are talking and like oh that sounds that makes sense he said yeah you can use iMovie if you want it's like that simple okay cool and then after I come back with the camera, so I came back with the camera, we went to your house, we set up the whole thing, we started messing with the tripod and everything. So again, we have no idea. And, and Leo gave me one great advice. Leo told me, listen, just, you have a good camera, great. Now, make sure you have as much lighting as possible. That's like the most important rule, as much lighting as possible. So that's why we opened, you know, we opened all the windows and, and we, we opened all the lights in, the, in that room. And I remember you and I just like looking at the wall behind us and it's like that kind of blank. D, get the hacking UI sign. <laughs> and we brought nails and, and, and a hammer and we hung the hacking UI sign behind us. That was like all last moment. And I'm like, okay, great. Now we need to finish writing the lesson. So you wrote your part, I wrote my part. That was like at the end of Wednesday, I think. And then we're like, shit, that song. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't know exactly for the lesson. All right, backing up a second. We knew exactly what we wanted to be inside of it. We were very clear with the syllabus. Like we knew the content we wanted to deliver to people in the program, but what we didn't know was how to, how to handle it technically, how to actually execute it. So I think it's an important point. Like we committed and we knew what we wanted to deliver. We just didn't know how to deliver it. And that's what we found out along the way. As far as... I want to say like another thing too, this is a pretty big benchmark for us because we got past how to do lessons, how to do the membership program, 
And the other thing that we did this week that we didn't know how to do was the Crowdcast. Yeah, I'll get into that in a bit, but I think it's important also to say, yeah, we didn't know how to carry anything out technically, like we came from zero. I have some video editing background because I was in, in design school and learned it, but we, zero, <laughs> zero experience. But we, we, knew our, we knew our shit. We knew what we, we were meant to de deliver in this lesson. Like, and it's very important. That's why we could write this lesson like, like nothing we just like sat down and like we didn't have to have to think just like everything we'd spit it out on on, on google doc and by the way that's when we decided also to move from uh, back when Leo gave the lesson uh, the tip that we should just stand up and read and like and talk so uh, we moved from google slideshow we decided to move into google docs and just wrote the whole thing down so you wrote your part our mind we spent the whole thursday and almost all sunday cutting down and taking out parts which weren't necessary and rearranging parts and making it as short as possible because we said okay now it's time for us to make it perfect for the people that are going to be consuming this and the people in the side project accelerator need a short lesson to consume yeah definitely i mean one of the things that we're going to be demanding from people in the side project accelerator is to watch the lesson do the assignment listen to the mentor session each week attend the q a so we we said like we can't ask them to devote you know an hour to the lesson an hour to the crowdcast we have to keep everything as short and to the point as possible there's no room to mess around with any sort of fluff so i think that the first lesson we finally like when we put it out was like sharp every single thing was just tack 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 to the point and i think uh, the the members really appreciated that we got really good feedback on the first lesson and i think like uh, it was it was a success overall and I want to say like something that I noticed with a lot of people in the program. And I remember asking you when we were, when we were trying to define who we wanted in the side project accelerator, right? We, we said, is it only for designers? No, it's not only for design. Is it only for developers? No, it's not only for developers. So who's it for, right? We said, it's for people who are not afraid of technology, people who are not afraid to get their hands dirty. And I, I'm actually really proud of ourselves for, for how we handled, you know, the video editing, the audio editing and the crowdcast, everything we've been doing lately, because we're actually, I feel like a little bit walking the walk here where that's exactly the point is that we had a message we wanted to deliver. We knew the content and we both had no idea how we were going to get it done technically, but neither of us was really afraid of it. I wasn't worried at some point that we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I was stressed because we had a lot of work to do and we had a limited amount of time, but there was never a thought in my head that was like, oh, we won't be able to execute this. And I see that from a lot of the people in the program, actually from almost everyone in the program right now, I'm, I'm seeing that they have that mindset too. And I'm really happy about that. I think it's important for not just for entrepreneurship. I think it's a really good mindset for life to think that you can deliver something and you can execute the technical side of it. Don't worry about that. Worry about the message, the content, what you actually want to share and what you want to deliver to people. And you'll figure out how to actually technically get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great mindset. Like everything's possible technical side of things are possible just like have a great product in mind and so yeah that that sunday just before i had to run off for the train we recorded the lesson two takes the second take was a successful one and it, it was also we had a challenge because we needed to read from the screen <laughs> so we're like are we gonna read the google doc from the screen while not sounding like we're reading it and not seeing in the camera that we're looking at a screen. So you quickly downloaded an app for the iPhone to control the mouse. And also we had the tripod, so we messed with the tripod, but the tripod, no matter what, it seemed like we're looking sideways because we're actually looking on the screen when the camera is by the screen and not on the screen itself. And we didn't have a teleprompter or anything like that. So luckily I bought also a, a GoPro holder for bikes so that uh, we just put that on the top of the screen of the monitor of the computer, put the camera on that, and that held the camera just at the top of the screen of the computer. And that way it looked like we're, we were actually reading off the screen, but it doesn't look like we're reading off the screen. It looks like we're looking at the camera. So that was a hell of a hack, proud of that. <laughs> and then we recorded two takes, and luckily for us, we managed to do the second take. I got to the train at the last moment <laughs> that evening. And then at nighttime, we both worked, you worked, uh, started building the back end for the membership area, also which you didn't have any experience with, but you got just got into it, just jumped into the water. And I did all the slides in Sketch, like uh, Leo suggested, and it was amazing working with Sketch because I could actually design nice slides because I didn't have to mess with the, with all the shit that Google Slides just can do typography over there. So, so it was really fun. 
So on Monday morning, we got started editing. I downloaded, I, I didn't want to mess with iMovie. I just downloaded Final Cut uh, because I knew how to work with it like five years ago. And I said, okay, I want to get back into it. And it was amazing. Final Cut is amazing. I really enjoy it. It went through a few YouTube tutorials to refresh my mind. But anyone, by the way, if any of you want to you know, do video editing, Final Cut is dead simple. And really with a few YouTube tutorials, you can really jump into the water over there. Really easy to edit videos in Final Cut. So put the slides, slap the slides on. Then we found some music, right? Uh, we did some research, found an intro music, and that's it, we got a lesson. We put a lesson together and you finished the back end and that was amazing. We had a, I think, a great lesson, a great first lesson. And then we had the Crowdcast with Jeffrey Zellman, which was the same day and the Crowdcast, it was our first time dealing with this kind of like live session, a webinar kind of thing as well. And we knew, yeah, we heard of Crowdcast. I mean, Paul Jarvis uh, recommended it to us. Thanks, Paul. And it actually just worked. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, for this one too, I was worried about like technical difficulties if it would, if anything would happen. And actually, we tested it out a lot before, and there were some technical difficulties. So I would say, for anyone who is planning on doing a webinar or any sort of live streaming event, we do need to test it before. I'm glad we did. And the first time, like weird stuff happened. The first time we opened it up, it just didn't work. The sound didn't work on one computer. It didn't work in Chrome on another computer. Anyway, we just started, we messed with it for a while and we got it to a point where things were working. And luckily when Jeffrey Zeldman uh, jumped on the, the session, everything was great. And um, I'm happy we also recorded it with our own mics. Uh, and we asked him to do the same, to record the audio, to have better quality in quick time while the Crowdcast was running. But yeah, I think we, I think... I'm really like sitting here kind of like feeling proud of ourselves in the moment because we got through this first week and we kind of did it. Like now systems are in place. All of the question marks we had are we've overcome. I mean, now it's a point of we just need to repeat, kind of rinse and repeat. So I want to shift gears here a little bit, Sigi, and talk about something that I've seen a lot of in the first week of the Side Project Accelerator. We have this uh, awesome Slack group that we opened up and I never could have imagined how much participation there would be in the Slack group. It's been amazing. If I'm not in the Slack group for a few hours, I come back and I'm, you know, missed like 25 messages or something like this. And people are really getting into it and really communicating with each other. And we have, we open these two channels. Okay. One of them is called good podcast. And one of them is called good reads. And we ask in these channels, we, we kind of opened them up on a whim. We didn't know what would happen with them, but you and I like to always kind of bounce good podcast episodes we listen to, new things we're finding back and forth, and good books we're reading. So we, we said, let's open these channels up to other people and, you know, hopefully get some, I don't know, at least be able, I, I think I thought that we'd be like kind of sharing the stuff that we were reading and hopefully they would share like a couple things, but it's been amazing. So people are sharing tons of articles, tons of podcasts, and also all of their hacks for consuming content. And you actually wrote about this before, about how you kind of hacked the way that you listen and read and consume content. So let's talk about that, how it's important for people to consume lots of content and how you can go about that and consume content in like the busy lives that we have. Cool. Uh, great topic. And just wrapping up the, the thing about the video lesson, like you said, now this is another channel for us that we put in place and we worked very hard and now we can, yeah, like you said, rinse and repeat, like just uh, really do it over and over and again and we got everything set up. So okay, that's that. Going back to consuming content. And I think that's that's important for every professional, especially in the digital era that we're in right now. Any designer, any developer, things are moving so fast. Technologies are, are changing rapidly fast. And I think that everyone should read and consume content, a lot of content. Okay. But so once you've accepted that you should read and consume content, like it sounds nice and all, but what are you supposed to do? Just waste like hours of your day doing it? Come on. There's so much content out there. Yeah. So like you said, I wrote an article about it. Uh, I'll post it soon in Hacking as well. It was published on the Webidoo blog. And so there are tricks for consuming a massive amount of content. And so the first thing is recently, I know both of us have recently, I'm, I'm talking a year ago, we started hearing more than, more than reading. So both, both of us started, you know, reading articles. So we marked them in Pocket, an app called Pocket. And you have a Chrome extension for Pocket. So if you're an article on your computer, you just click and that's, it saves it for you. And then you can open it in your app, in your iPhone or, or Android device. And then the Pocket has a read out loud feature. And then you just like, you can basically read out loud the article that you saved, which is an amazing thing. And the quality is good enough. I mean, you can, it's, it's pretty robotic, right? What do you think about it? I use iPhone and the basic iOS read out loud uh, sound, a bit robotic, a bit. 
but super like clear and and really really nice. Okay. So, all right. So give us some more tips how you're like kind of hacking this because okay, most people I know I was thinking before I started getting into this kind of method that all right, what am I supposed to do? Just sit around on my couch and listen to like books out loud? When do I have time for this? All right. So like we talked about using Pocket to read out loud articles, and I just want to mention podcasts and ebooks. Not ebooks, books. So we have you introduced me to Audible. I didn't know Audible. We put everything in the show notes, by the way. So Audible, and it's so it's the app that you can read buy books on Amazon with, and then hear them out in your device and podcasts. We we got amazing podcasts. I also got a, a podcast recommendation list. I can put this in the in the show notes. So the thing about hearing is that you can do it anytime and any place. You can do it on your bike, in your car, while you're cooking, before you go to sleep. You can do it almost at any time. You can consume knowledge and i think everybody should be thirsty for that knowledge you should consume as much as possible because i mean if you surround yourself by very intelligent people that talk to you in the years you know all, all, all day long you will get smarter for sure i know for me the time that i get to most consume content is when i'm walking the dog i take out the dog like uh in the morning and the evening sometimes three times a day maybe 20 minutes each time and this used to be kind of like a dead time if you will you know i was walking around it's nice okay but what i do now is I just carry a little set of like the Apple uh, earpods in my pocket wherever I go. I always have them with me and I have my iPhone with me. And then I go downstairs, I walk the dog and I listen to either it's a podcast, an audible book or read the text. But I always put up the effect to play back at at least one and a half times speed. Sometimes I'm and I'm constantly I'm trying to push it faster and faster. So now I'm up to almost two times speed. Sometimes it's a little too fast, though. But so I can listen to something a 10 minute podcast episode or something like this in only five minutes. So if I have 20 minutes for walking the dog, I'm getting through, you know, normal podcast episode is half an hour, sometimes or an hour with only 20 minutes. I'm getting through, you know, an episode, sometimes an episode and a half. Yeah, actually it's also an amazing hack. You're right. I mean, I also hear like on uh, one half now, we both use Overcast for podcasts on our iPhone. I really recommend it because Overcast has the feature of not only going one, one X or, or like one and a half X or two X, but also it has the option of a noise silence, a noise, noise shortener or silence cancellation, whatever. So basically if you have like, you know, dead web lines, uh, in the soundtrack, it just shortens them for you, so the episode plays faster. So, and it also has an amazing uh, voice booster. So, if you're on your bike or in the car, then you can hear it louder. So, Overcast free app, amazing, really nice uh, to to use for podcasts. And in Audible, also you can listen faster. Most books are read pretty slow, so you must listen faster. And also, there's a trick for listening in YouTube. Even if you're watching YouTube videos, there is a trick. Uh, we will post it in the show notes of how to listen to YouTube videos faster. Just to kind of give like a summary of the trick, basically it involves just opening up the dev tools on the, in the browser and uh, putting in a command to, to change the play speed uh, in JavaScript. So it's, it's pretty simple. We'll share exactly how to do it, but it's a nice trick to kind of also hack the experience there. And so, yeah, it's a, those are the hacks, like basically just listen at faster speed, consume content with your earphones and not with reading because reading is slow most of the time and you don't have time when you're at work, you should be at work and we're, you know, in evening time, I mean, you're not in front of the computer all the time. It's hard to read in an iPhone. So consuming it with, by listening is a great way, I think. And actually, uh, one of the members of Side Project Accelerator gave a really interesting method that he uses for consuming a lot of content. He actually... When he is at home or when he does have time to read, he actually buys the hard copy of the book itself and listens to the audible version of the book on like two and a half speed. So he's following along in the text, but flying through it because he, he has it in his ear going super fast. And what he does is he just takes notes inside of the book itself to kind of like remember important things. When I heard this, I said, okay, this guy, we thought we hacked it. This is the hack. So he's, yeah. it's been actually amazing listening to other methods that people have for hacking content. And I'm, I'm anyone who's all of our listeners, please like share your methods because we're constantly trying to improve it and find ways to consume more content faster. And when I heard this one, I just said, wow, that is crazy. He, he says he's reading about something like uh, 40, 50 books a year. And there's a couple other members of the program who are at this point too that are reading, you know, about a book a week in addition to listening to podcasts and reading articles and stuff. So I'm nowhere near that point. I think uh, I made it like a personal goal this year. And actually I wrote about this on Medium that I made a personal goal this year to read more books, full length books. And I'm really uh, happy to say that I'm like uh, halfway through the year and I've read 
12 books. So that was huge for me, but nothing on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and so we said just now let's let's get let's get actionable okay like for people want to start hearing more so he said pocket so you can download pocket for your iPhone or Android and Chrome extension to mark your articles that you read uh, we have a overcast for iPhone for iOS to hear podcasts and for Android we got a great recommendation by Srika Avneri an Israeli entrepreneur one of the founders of Ystamp and he recommends podcast addict which is a free app for Android great for listening to podcasts on Android and so that's podcasts and for books we recommend audible audible is an app that you install in your iPhone or your Android device and when you want to buy the book itself you have to buy it on Amazon and Amazon have like buy the audible version so that's that and recommended for I know Israelis probably a lot of countries as well which are not in the US if you're not in the US you should check like some books don't you can't buy on audible not on Amazon for audible so what you can do is just like sign into Amazon or sign up at Amazon with a VPN some kind of VPN like tunnelbird or something like that and if you have an American credit card or something like that use that one so you can buy more audible books all right so just a few recommendations all right for uh, podcasts and books okay I'll start with the books one because I think one thing that I my philosophy on this yeah my philosophy on what I'm reading now is you know I'm tempted like everyone else to just read like self-help and read business books and read management books but I'm really trying to put some fiction in my book list as well and I'm really happy with that I think that everyone should be doing this if you're not listening to fiction Sagi I'm talking to you uh, you should start seriously because I've read two fiction books this year a, a few actually that have just kind of opened up my mind to new possibilities for things that I can do uh, in my business and in my life and the first book I'd like to recommend is Nexus this is an incredible book one of the best fiction books I've read in a long time I'll just give kind of like a short summary of it basically it's sci-fi it's based in kind of the near future so it's a world that we live in like a world pretty similar to the world that we live in today uh, not too much different just basically better technology but the main characters are neuroscientist DJs <laughs> electronic music DJs and there's this kind of sort of drug it's not so clear that people are taking that makes them kind of be able to connect to each other telepathically Anyway, the book gets really into it. It gets really, really cool. But basically, each character, when they take this drug, they basically have like an open source operating system in their head that they can communicate with others and act as like a computing hub. Super, super, super cool book. The sci-fi doesn't, I know it, it sounds it, but it doesn't get like super weird sci-fi. It's not like on a, you know, Star Trek level. It's very similar to the, the world we live in today, but... I really recommend this book. It brought up a lot of interesting questions and made me think about the direction we're going with technology and politics. And the second book I'd like to recommend, also fiction, is called The Circle. And The Circle is about this kind of fictional company that they really describe it to make it sound like Google, like almost eerily the, the exact Google that we know today. Also based a little bit in the future, but not much. And the interesting thing about this book is it's all about privacy. Okay, today... We have uh, all of the big tech companies like Apple, Google are kind of, they're like fighting the government to keep things private, right? Like the, the FBI was all over Apple trying to not unlock the iPhone. And the tech companies, even though they're stealing our data and all this, <laughs> but the outward facing uh, things that they're saying are that, you know, privacy is important and we're, they're protecting our data, and right? In this book, they take a totally different approach. This company, The Circle, says, no, privacy is bad. Why is privacy good at all? Like to an extreme level, they say, why should anything be private? When things are private, you have secrets. And when you have secrets, you can lie and you can cheat and you can steal, right? So they make this really convincing argument to a super extreme point. They say, give me one example why privacy is ever good. You say, no, I'm embarrassed. It's my personal life, right? They say, yeah, but you're only embarrassed because you think it's not happening to other people, right? If the same thing is happening to other people and we all know about it and we all share it, wouldn't that help each other? Wouldn't like, you know, this weird thing that's happening to you, if I know it's also happening and I have it too, then maybe I can also improve or be better because of it. So they make this really convincing argument that privacy is just, is bad in every sense. And then they take it further and I won't uh, spoil it, but it's uh, also an, an excellent fiction book that really makes me think. And the two of those, I think, uh, are very applicable to people, you know, especially in the tech world or not, but running businesses gave me lots of new ideas and I highly recommend that. Sagi, what do you have? What do you think uh, is uh, 
good to read lately. In terms of books, I read the 10x books by Grant Cardone, so I really recommend that. And just to anyone who hasn't read yet the four hour work week, I can't recommend it enough. So it's like classic that we both read and I really, really recommend it. So it's like two recommendations that I can give. I can give 10x is pretty hard to to listen a bit to the to Grant Cardone, the, the author, because he's like he's really first of all, he keeps on saying men. And I guess like women will have a hard time with that because he's like, you got to keep pushing a man. You got to like so. Okay, so that's like, uh, but get through that and get through the ego that might be sounding when he's talking. But really, really, really good book. And I got a lot out of it, a lot. So that's the 10x, the 10x rule. And the second, the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss is a classic. I mean, that's something that talks about life in general. Like, why should you work uh, as an employee in a company? Or what's your meaning with pension and, and how to basically break out of your nine to five life and start living the real life, you know, like self-fulfillment through your career. I think it's really, really an amazing book and a must hear. And I just have to put a disclaimer out there. Do not read this book if you don't want to have the feeling that you should quit your job and do something completely different very soon. It will definitely give you that feeling. And actually, I could say that this was truly a life-changing book for both of us. After reading this, it, you know, we were already thinking about uh, leaving SimilarWeb and we had an idea that like a plan to kind of work on hacking my full time. And this was just kind of, for me, at least like totally, uh, it can be done. This is how you do it. 100% like attainable goal. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that's that. And podcasts, the, just a few podcasts. And well, we both love smart passive income with Pat Flynn, half hour episodes, short to the point. He just brings on amazing guests, sharp, awesome tips for how to run your business better. And just like, you know, we don't know him or anything, but he just seems like generally a nice guy. He gives like this honest approach to everything he does. And he does one thing really, really cool on his website is every month he releases an income report where he actually puts the numbers that he made from every single revenue channel. And it's really interesting. And um, something that I really thought was cool, he takes it one step further, right? So one of his biggest revenue channels is his uh, affiliate membership with Bluehost. And Bluehost has got some negative publicity lately. And I know I worked with HostGator, which is like a sister company, and I had a bad experience with them. And a lot of people have had bad experiences with Bluehost. So Pat Flynn flew to Utah, okay? <laughs> he flew to Utah, met with the CEO of the company, and he said, listen, I'm gonna stop recommending Bluehost if you you don't get your shit together. So Bluehost apparently underwent like this major management change and built this whole new data center. And they're like, uh, and he met with them, he has pictures, he did the whole like, uh, he, he promoted this whole thing, but it was pretty cool, you know. Obviously the whole thing, like I'm sure he's earning lots of money off it and you could see actually how much money he's earning off in the income reports. But just to see that he was like, look, it's not worth it for me. I can't promote a product that, it's not worth it for me in the long run, that is bad and my users don't like. I have to be honest with them, I have to give them the good stuff. And uh, since then, apparently Bluehost is doing much better. I don't know personally, but it was just a cool, really cool thing to see. And this is just kind of the, the kind of stuff that Pat Flynn does and, and talks about. Yeah. And also, I think, you know, Pat Flynn is the best interviewer I heard in podcasts. Mm. Just like he asks the most actionable questions. And I am trying to learn as much as I can. Like, I bet you are too. Like, like this guy is asking the right questions in each interview. All right. So that's Pat Flynn. Team Ferris show, right? Like the Tim Ferriss show is a great podcast. He interviews the world's top performers. I'm actually off and on on the Tim Ferriss show. I haven't been listening to it too much lately. It, it has some great episodes. Like really, there's some episodes that are just awesome. But uh, one thing that I'm like a little bit less into is that a lot of times he has this like amazing person, you know, with this great background that I really want to get into. And he asked them too, too much like the, the same questions. Like, what are your favorite books? What books do you gift the most? And I don't really care that much. I'm like, no, no, no. You're talking to, you know, Steve Jobs. Like, wait, wait, wait. Forget what books he gives. I don't care about this. Tell me, like, what he was thinking about the day that, like, the iPhone came out. You know, give me the real question. So I, sometimes he doesn't do that for me, but he does have some awesome episodes. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right. I mean, uh, Tim Ferriss is on and off, but it's very, very nice show. I think one of the best podcasts out there. I would recommend two more for two different kind of approaches uh, two different aspects one is for designers design details by brian lovin and Bryn jackson 
two designers from San Francisco that they did, they interviewed the best designers in the Bay Area and even like more they, they went to New York for a live session at Etsy and stuff like that they, they have really really nice guests on their show and they interview them about their past and what they're up to today and like design methods and everything design product design wise design details is your place to go and one more for like more the spiritual part is Sam Harris I mean you introduced me I think or or was it Tim Ferriss I don't know but like yeah I, I read Sam Harris's book waking up spirituality without religion and Sam Harris is cool he, he is kind of this neuroscience background atheist who loves getting into politics attacking basically all the standard concepts that society has like come to believe in and just not even question anymore he's questioning them But, you know, the show also it has its ups and downs. It's a very long episode. Some of the episodes are like three hours long and I, and I just lose focus. But he also has like some amazing, amazing episodes. And the book Waking Up was, was pretty good. I recommend it. It's a short, easy read. Yeah. So Sam Harris. And he talks about why religion is bad in general. So those are the podcasts. Just like a few to get you started. We gave you the apps. We'll put everything in the show notes. So D, do you want to, do you think we have enough for today? Come on, Siggy, we got to get back to work already, all right? <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to do. This is our work now. <laughs> no, this has been a cool episode. I'm very excited to be at this point. Like, again, we talked about how our status update at the beginning, and I think this is a huge moment for Hacking UI for us to kind of be a week into the side project accelerator. Uh, systems are in place. Things are rolling along. And we have a lot of work ahead of us, a ton of work ahead of us, but I'm feeling good right now. So I'm um, looking forward to next week. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you, hackers, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find all the links and resources from this conversation on hackingui.com slash podcast. And just before we go, we want to share with you something that you might find useful. As you know, we are voracious readers and consume a ton of articles, books, podcasts, and videos about design, development, and side projects. We curate the hell out of everything, and each week we send a short roundup email of our favorites. If that sounds like an email you'd enjoy getting, then we'd love to have you join our awesome community, which already has more than 20,000 happy members from all over the world. You can sign up on HackingUI.com. By the way, on HackingUI.com, you'll also find some other cool stuff like the Sci Project Accelerator, our eight-week online program in which we teach everything that we learned in the three years working and scaling Hacking UI as a Sci Project before we quit our day jobs. And you'll also find our resources page, which reached top of the week on Product Hunt Tech, and our events section, which is filled with conferences and meetups for designers and developers. Hey, D, don't forget the tees, man. We also got some cool t-shirts for designers. Sugi, again with the t-shirts? Hey, I designed those. But, but really, last thing, if you enjoyed this, we would really love to hear from you, either by tweeting at us at Hacking UI or by reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Those reviews really go a long way and help us and even make our day. All right, we'll see you next week, hackers, and remember to keep hacking. everybody what's up so if you enjoyed this episode i'm very happy and you're welcome to listen to the rest of the episodes of the hacking ui podcast i just want to let you know that this is a legacy podcast meaning david and i are no longer creating new episodes for this specific podcast david and i are working on different businesses now so just wanted to let you know that first of all if you want to catch david you can check out thought leaders and that's what he's working on thoughtleaders.io And if you want to check out what I'm working on, I have a new podcast. It's called Creativepreneur, the Creativepreneur Show with Sagi Schreiber. And you would be able to find that on iTunes and any podcast app. And I would invite you to come and listen. And that's where I interview people that have built a lifestyle business out of their skills and passions. It's amazing. I interview so many different people that have amazing stories and will help you with your business, will help you with your skills, taking your skills to the next level and achieving higher goals. So if you're interested in that, I'm there, The Creativepreneur Show, and you can check it out also on YouTube. And you can also just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or creativepreneur.show. I hope to see you around.